Should we just uh, just jump in? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Is there any like uh, format I should be aware of? Nope. <laughs> okay, perfect. <laughs> Let's go. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Flipping Websites podcast. This is episode 29. On today's show, I've got another great guest, Gregory Elfrink from Empire Flippers. He's the director of marketing and he's also the moderator in the Facebook group. So you've likely seen him in there. If you're not a member of the group already, just search for Flipping Websites on Facebook. We discuss a new report that Empire Flippers has just released, the 2019 State of the Industry Report. And we talk about trends in relation to content sites. But before we get into that and before I give an update, we have a new sponsor for the show, Done For You Links. Done For You Links at dfylinks.com is a high quality, high authority link building service from top Brit SEO Charles Float. Done For You Links offers guest posts, niche edits, PBN links, and local SEO for every niche in English, as well as nine other languages. They have trained British SEO support staff that'll help build your campaigns and a whole heap of educational content for those looking to expand their horizons. Check out Done For You Links, dfylinks.com to scale your content site today. All right, so what have I been up to? I've been focusing on the website acquisition service at flippingwebsites.co slash investors. And we just had a deal where an investor, a seller, and an operator that I matched with the investor were all members of the Facebook group which meant that trust was built quickly and it was a pretty seamless transition process to getting the domain and the website migrated across and getting the operator in place. So happy with how that went down and now looking to scale the acquisition service, work with more investors and match more operators with buyers that are looking to have their asset and their web property managed for them as passively as possible. So you may have realized there was no episode last month in May. To make up for that in June, I'm actually going to be dropping three episodes over the next week. I heard this was a good tactic from a recent Authority Hacker podcast where you can kind of hack the iTunes algorithm and get your show uh, in front of more listeners. So uh, looking to see how that scales. And and, uh, I'm now focused on this podcast, you know, this uh, on flipping websites, the community the acquisition service. And uh, so with the podcast, I'm really looking to double down and and scale the number of downloads each episode. I recently, uh, or about a month ago now, hit the 10,000 10K download mark, which I was pleased with. Until again, I heard this recent Authority Hacker podcast where they are discussing how they reached a million downloads. So, you know, 10,000, 100,000, 1 million. I just got 100x what I'm doing which actually seems pretty reasonable. So they achieved a million downloads with 150 episodes. That's an average of 6,666 downloads per episode. So I've just got a 10x what I'm currently doing in order to to get there per episode. And, you know, this is episode 29. So I think think I've got a shot if I keep focused on on flipping websites, just that, that brand, that business, that name. I think I've got a, a decent shot, you know, of uh, around a couple of hundred episodes of of uh, being able to achieve similar or at least, you know, at least have a shot at that goal. Also, some Facebook group members have now successfully sold their businesses through Empire Flippers. Within the group, there's a special listing URL that helps you save the 297 listing fee. And it's great to see a recent post from a a group member saying how he was very happy to achieve a much higher multiple than he was expecting from selling privately. So again, another good reason to join the Facebook group. And without further ado, here is a good transition to the conversation with Greg from Empire Flippers. Hey, how's it going, Greg? Hey, Richard. uh, Doing really well. Good. Whereabouts are you uh, located right now because you travel about quite a lot i see on facebook uh yeah it's been uh quite the travel journey here for me in the last few months i was uh in vietnam and then uh back in the states visiting family and some friends and mexico for the empire flippers meetup uh, we do a company meetup once or twice a year i get the whole team together and hang out and then uh europe and finally uh korea and now in bangkok so i'm in bangkok thailand right now do you, do you have a base or are you pretty much nomadic and, and, and continually traveling? 
Yeah, so I did have a base. Uh, Saigon, Vietnam was my base for a while, uh, for a little bit over a year. And mm-hmm. then uh, my girlfriend or uh, fiance now, we, we decided to start traveling uh, more. So we gave up our apartment and more or less have been technically homeless for the last few months. Yeah. Uh, you know, doing the whole digital nomad thing and traveling around. So it's been pretty good. Very cool. So yeah, how, so whereabouts are you right now? So you, you said outside Bangkok or? Yeah, Bangkok, Thailand. So yeah. uh, Bangkok is like my second home. Like Saigon oh, okay. and Bangkok are both like my favorite cities. So uh, I would, I, after the, the how expensive Europe and then mm-hmm. uh, Korea was, I was, like, let's go somewhere cheap <laughs> for a little bit. Let's recover from that. And then Asia for the rest of the year, do you think? Um, there's a solid chance. You know, we have our uh, Empire Flippers uh, retreat, which is our customers retreat we do once a year in uh, Thailand coming up in September. Mm-hmm. And then we have uh, our second meetup in September as well. And then there's a bunch of uh, conferences I enjoy going to that always happen at the end of the year here in Asia. So uh, I'll probably be attending a lot of those. Yep. Very good. Uh, will you be attending Rhodium Weekend? Have, is that something that, uh, that you've looked to, to attend or uh, you're considering? You know, I personally haven't attended Rhodium, uh, but a few of our guys have, and obviously Justin and Joe, they have. Yeah. Uh, we typically send people uh, to it once a year, but this year we didn't just because we had, we had other conferences kind of on our hit list that we wanted to test out. Okay. And uh, so this time we, we ended up not going. Oh, well, there, there won't be uh, anyone from, from you guys there this year? Most likely not. There was... Oh, okay. uh, one of our guys who was going to go, he's uh, he's <laughs> expecting, he's having a, a baby around the same time of the event. So yeah. we try to like, well, come on, you know, the rodeo is much more important than that. Well, it's looking like, uh, it's looking more likely that I actually will be attending, that this would be my first my first one. Oh, uh, cool. So obviously we've partnered up in the Facebook group. So maybe I can, uh, I can be a representative for you guys, but I'm definitely not paying an additional broker fee to Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send you an EF shirt and some uh, EF swag that you can wear at the event. <laughs> yeah, well, if there's an additional fee, I'm going to have to invoice you guys. <laughs> <laughs> just just wear the shirt inside out and then change it real quick. I wear, wear it at the poker tables. I'll, I'll just, there you uh, go. When, when I get into the when I get into the event, I'll yeah, I'll reverse it. Yeah. <laughs> so um, okay, so we can segue from there uh, because. Uh, reason we've got you on uh, this episode is you guys created a 2019 state of the industry report and this uh, is this the first time you guys have done this because the only other one that I've been aware of in terms of um, industry reports was by Centurica and I think the last one was was well the one that I saw was back in 2017 um, is this your your first one and uh, this is uh, we've got a lot to talk about here because you've actually got raw data on uh, what is actually selling? Yeah, so uh, uh, this report, uh, a little, you know, it's definitely a labor of love for us. Uh, it was, uh, it is our very first one, and it is also um, the first report in the industry, as far as I'm aware of, at least, that uses true sales data and true time on market. Uh, I, I don't know if you want me to go into it now, but you know, a lot of uh, other reports that I've seen that other uh, people put out tend to be scraped listings. So they don't really own the data end to end, uh, versus the data in our report is a hundred percent sourced from our actual marketplace. Cause we, we not only do we sell, you know, multiple seven figure deals, but we also sell in the sub seven figure deal range quite a lot as well. And, uh, out of any broker out there, we just sell the highest quantity when it comes to online businesses. So we actually have quite a lot of data from 2017 and 2018 that we were able to look at and, uh, not just give you, you know, a scraped listing price where an inflate, uh, multiple might be highly inflated, uh, as some people do to try to get, you know, sellers on board, but rather the real data, like stuff that you don't normally get to see, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I read in the report that you guys have done the most deals of any broker and you won the uh, IBBA, International Business Brokerage Association Award. So uh, that's not just content sites, that's that's across the board in terms of the most deals. 
Yeah, it's, it's funny. So we were talking a little bit about this offline, but uh, I, you know, I think it's funny. Uh, Joe, our, our CEO, and I, we were in New Orleans to accept the award, and none of the other brokers had heard of us. And for the most part, those brokers do uh, offline deals, right? Like gas stations, uh, real estate businesses, and so forth. And uh, so like every award category, or well, four of the award categories, are like Joe Magnati, Empire Flippers. <laughs> and people are like, who are, who are these guys? Like, how are they doing this? And we actually filled out the uh, actual survey that they make you make you fill out when you're applying for the awards. They didn't believe us that we had sold so many <laughs> businesses. They're like, you guys are messing with us. Like, this is obviously not true. And so they didn't have a way for us to upload uh our our listings that were sold in a bulk format we had to like into these individual forms for like well over a hundred businesses and it's just like oh man i <laughs> they were not made for us <laughs> <laughs> but it was a cool experience it was really cool meeting other people in the profession did you guys like have an inflection point in terms of the number of deals coming through um, and what we're selling like 2017, 2018, because I'm looking on empireflippers.com slash scoreboard and it's showing, uh, it's going back about a year. I can see in April, 2018, you had about 40 million in deals done and now you've done over double, um, in just over a year. So, uh, yeah. So I, is it a case of, of just, you know, continually doubling what you've been doing and, and, and people have just not seen you guys coming? Yeah, it's a bit of everything, uh, to be honest. Like, so I think we really started hitting our stride in probably late 2016, and then we started really exploding from there. Uh, and one of those first, like, when you have a marketplace, you have uh, the chicken and the egg problem, right? So uh, when I first came on board, like, a big business to us was, like, a $500,000 business. Like, oh, my God, like, will we be able to sell it? Like, I don't know. We've never done it. And when you're in that position, a seller that has a $500,000 business, they're like, well, I don't know if I want to sell <laughs> you guys. You know, like, I haven't seen you guys ever do it. Uh, so we uh, we sold one of those and then we went to the next threshold, which is, uh, you know, million dollar deals, seven figure deals. And that took the first one took a long time. And then we got an influx of seven figure deals once people saw that we could we could do it. And now. Where we pretty regularly get seven-figure deals in our vetting process, even even some eight-figure deals have, have come across our way, mm -hmm. uh, which is really cool. Um, so th there's that that chicken and egg problem where we're overcoming that, but then there's also just the sheer quantity. So the way we're set up uh, really allows us to scale uh, the way because like other brokers, the way it typically works is you know you, they do everything versus we we've taken what a broker does and broken it down into several different specialized departments, making it much more machine-like, which some people like, some people don't, but it is definitely, uh, in my opinion, uh, the far more effective method of doing it. And so, yeah, so you, you've done uh, the most number of deals. Do you guys do private deals or is it all, uh, everything that you get launches at the same time on the marketplace um, and no one gets a head start? Yeah, so we're a big believer in giving everyone the exact same opportunity to the best of our ability. Uh, so we don't do any kind of off-market deals at all. Uh, every deal you've seen on our marketplace, uh, you are sharing that uh you know sharing that uh, sign that that deal is there at the same time as everyone else so we don't do any special kind of buyer deals we have a ton of buyers that want us to do it right they they beg us to do it like please just like put me on a <laughs> private list before it goes on the market or send me out a special email but we absolutely refuse to do that and I, I get why other people might do it because they you know have these vetted buyers they bought several uh hundreds of millions of dollars of businesses with them or you know whatever it is um, but the way we look at it is so much of our buyers that uh, trust us, that have spent millions of dollars with us, some of their first purchases were pretty small, like uh, 50000 mm -hmm. or even sub $50,000 deals because they're just kind of like testing the water, like, huh, I wonder how this works. And, they, you know, they might be pretty cashed up, but they just want to test a little bit of their uh, capital on buying a business. And they see it goes really well. And now suddenly they're buying like a seven-figure deal. Like we, we've seen that happen before. And so we just think it's more fair. Uh, to not do uh, private deals in general. And it's more in alignment with our transparency, like which is a pretty big core value of ours. Yeah, that's great. That's great to hear. So you're looking at the report. Yeah. It looks like you uh, categorize into three main categories with the content sites, with e-commerce, and then other in terms of SaaS and digital products. And with content sites, in 2018, you guys sold 157 
which was more than any other category. So you guys really are the place to go for for these content sites. Yeah, man. Uh, we, we sell a lot in you know all three of those categories, but we've always been uh, like since I came on the leaders when it comes to content sites, and I think that remains pretty true. Like I I don't know anyone else that sold uh, 157 content sites last year, uh, <laughs> so I think I think that's awesome. The year before that, 125. Um, so we're definitely still in my opinion, the market leader when it comes to selling content sites and finding buyers are really hungry for these kind of sites. Yeah, absolutely. And you've got a, you're dealing with, um, with ad backs in a really innovative way in terms of content. Yeah. Yeah. So this was a, a, an actual lesson learned. So we didn't used to do this, but the way we do it now, when a content site comes to us with, uh, you know, expenses on, uh, from, you know, content from their content investment, we used to look at that as an expense as in like, okay, we need to average some of this out uh, and that would affect the net profit. Now we, we switched on that because like that was a pretty old policy of ours, a, a really a legacy policy that probably should have been updated a lot sooner than it was. Uh, but now we realize like that doesn't make a lot of sense. That's more of a growth investment. So why would you like, if you're selling a business based off maintaining it as is, as where it is right now, which is what we do, why would you put in the expense, uh, for a growth investment? That's like, uh, you know, like a web design kind of thing or, mm -hmm. uh, you know, going, putting, putting, a uh, you're going to a business conference and putting it on your credit card and, you know, not adding that back. It doesn't like make as much sense. Now there are certain scenarios where, uh, if you are adding content and investing heavily in content, that would still affect your PNL. It, it kind of depends like, but for the vast majority of content sites, since they're very SEO driven, that's not usually the case for a lot of them. So it doesn't make sense to make that as an expense. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. That, that's great. And also looking at, at some, uh, more metrics, 2018, uh, in 2017, the average number of days on the market for content sites was just over 39 days. In 2018, it was just under 22 days. So um, you're massively increasing the number of content deals coming to your marketplace and actually uh, reducing the amount of time they're on the market by half. Yeah, it, it's pretty awesome to see that. So that minus 45% in uh, the average number of days on market from you know year over year, mm -hmm. uh, that that paints an interesting story uh, to me personally. Like, so uh, what I see as like a, a big trend that is happening is I think we're getting into a real seller's market when it comes to content size. I don't think we're there yet. And the reason why I don't think we're there yet is because of some of the other statistics that correlate with that 45%. So that uh, a 45% drop in the average number of days on market, what that tells us is that buyers are very hungry for these sites. Like, uh, but we also saw an increase in that total combined sales price from 2017 to 2018 by 26%. But their number of businesses sold, so the actual quantity of content sites also increased by an equal 26%. So what that tells me was uh, demand is coming up. Uh, the supply also came up pretty good. Uh, but the supply, I, my theory of why the supply really came up was because of the uh, algorithm updates that Google unleashed in uh, 28, like late 2018 or so that kind of like freaked out a lot of uh, content site owners. <laughs> and before that, the Amazon affiliate program, like changing some of their commission structures. I mm -hmm. think they just recently changed something again. So I think that's spooking some of the sellers and that's forcing them to want to sell quicker. And the, bu the buyer pool is definitely growing and a content site is a perfect fit for someone just starting out to buy a site or even a veteran because, you know, as a starter, you, there's not too much you can do to usually screw up the investment. Like, obviously you can, but it's like less, it's more difficult to do than say with an e-commerce business where it has so many more moving parts or a SaaS business where you have to like manage coders and, you know, a stack of codes that hopefully you know how to code or you're going to be really tied to your developers. Uh, so there's a lot less moving parts, but you can go from just starting to make money online to making crazy amount of money, uh, you know, it's multiple six figures a year, uh, it's sometimes even a month, depending on how big the content site is. Uh, so content sites are just such an attractive model. So I think what we're going to see is the number of content sites selling will dwindle a little bit, but that hunger for them will keep 
you'll keep on growing as the market for buyers get bigger and more people understand that they can invest in these businesses. So right now, the year-over-year -year, uh, average sales multiple went up by 2%. I think that sales multiple will probably go up as we enter more into that seller's market because buyers will still want these sites and thus that will increase the overall price. Yeah, with the average being around 27 to, to 30x, uh, monthly multiple. You will also get outliers. So I see one in uh, one that you've got mentioned, an AdSense site sold for 58x multiple. Um, yeah. That's, that's uh, pretty incredible. So um, yeah, for the right sites, that have the, the, the right audience, if, if it comes down to how much a site's traffic is, is, uh, is worth to a buyer, if you already have an Amazon business, an FBA business, um, an e-commerce business, or even a, a SaaS, uh, and a content site has a relevant audience and you can just plug it in, um, then the value of that traffic is far higher than just a regular three times annual profit multiple. So yeah, especially if, if it's on a branded domain or there's some kind of um, branding and, and, and loyal audience, these these factors can really play into, into ramping up a multiple. And also in your report, you list a, a number of opportunities for content site buyers after, you, after they buy sites for, for quick wins, um, which is really good. Um, the, the, you know, the, the most obvious one is if it's an Amazon affiliate site and there aren't any ads on there, then, uh, applying to an ad network and, and vice versa. Yeah. You know, it's surprising to me how few Amazon affiliate site owners do that. Like uh, I remember when I first came on and some people told me they don't do it because it would uh, detract from their, er their Amazon earnings. And from what I have seen, uh, of course, I don't have a giant, you know, laboratory experimenting on this. But from what I've seen anecdotally, at least, that is usually not the case because typically you're putting those ads on your informational content. And mm -hmm. while that informational content could link to your reviews and you could get some traffic from there, you might even get great traffic to it. Uh, I don't think that really hinders you. And it's such an easy thing to do. Like I, I've seen uh, one of my friends, he just, he just sold a site with us. Uh, I believe it was like $470,000 or something like that. He literally added like an extra 30 grand to that uh, valuation by spending a day and setting up some display ads, you know, <laughs> you know, like, yep. it's crazy to me that people don't, don't do that more often. Yeah. I really like your, one of your closing statements and I'm going to, quote um and, and steal your words <laughs> so you say the majority of people in this space think in terms of niche sites and authority sites and while these terms are fine they're also limiting in the scope of what your content business can become it is more powerful to pivot your mindset slightly to consider your content site as a mini media company when you view your business as a media company you will make a thousand thousand minute decisions that will position your site in a more authoritative way that builds more trust and ultimately earn more income over the long haul uh, Greg. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> famous uh, I, writer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I really like it. Like I, I've, I've heard, um, some people brand themselves, uh, in terms of, you know, what they're doing on LinkedIn or describing their company as, as, as a media company. And it's something that I, it's a place that I want to get to for no other reason than it's just a lot easier to explain to people what the hell you do. <laughs> it is. It's far easier. It makes, it makes your whole job easier. Like, yeah. who who would rather like give you a backlink? Uh, a guy says, "Hey, I own this niche site about I don't know drums," or like, "Hey, I run a media company uh, about music." You know, obviously yeah. the second one. And also, I mean, <laughs> also <laughs> for sure, also content site doesn't actually explain anything to anyone outside of this space as well. <laughs> right. Exactly. So. And so uh, we, we don't I, really want to say ahead. blog. I mean, that's kind of like underselling it. Like, what do you do? I'm a, I'm a blogger. I mean, it's, it's, uh, yeah, you're kind of underselling <laughs> yourself, um, you know, at, at events or whatever, but like, you know, I, I run a, a media company. I have a number of media properties. I, I think that's a really good way of, of describing what you're doing and, and setting yourself up for, for longer, you know, for, for bigger success. Yeah. And you know, I think if you do it that way, uh, as you're like, you know, you, you do every, you roll everything out in stages, of course, because you don't want to go crazy trying to do a million different things at once because without, then you'll get nowhere. Right. But, you know, you might start off as a niche site and then, you know, what we traditionally call an authority site. But if you go into it with the idea that you're a media company, as you level up, say 
the site starting to make 10, 15, 20 K a month, you know, it starts making really good, decent income. And since you're that margin is almost pure margin outside of your content costs, you can do some really interesting things. If you think like a media company, so you can do things like, uh, hire a person that's extremely passionate about the niche to do expert YouTube videos, create a whole YouTube show around your media brand, a podcast. You can do all sorts of different things uh, that most content site builders just, you know, don't do. They they stop at the point where, uh, you know, they, they just rank in Google and they think that's it. But that's really only you know, 1% of the game that's there's, you just got the traffic. That's all you did. Now there's this 99% called, you know, marketing and optimization of your monetization, all these stations that you get to do. If you really take it to the next level, building email lists, uh, funnels. Uh, I, w- I was just in a Facebook group. Um, I, I don't, I don't know if it was yours or another one. Uh, but someone was talking about like, why would you be at the mercy of Google with content sites when you, and with like such a thin margin or well, the margin, as we said, is already really great. But if you think like a media company, again, you don't have to be at the mercy of Google. There's other things you can do. Uh, Pinterest yeah. is a great option. And if you grow that into a real media company, you can run ads towards your, towards your company. Cause you have everything sequenced out, you know, what the profit is per subscriber and so on. Yeah, I came across something interesting recently. Uh, an investor contacted me looking to pick up additional sites. And I have a form um, that people click through and give some details in terms of what they're looking to do, whether they already have the website purchased in case they, they've, just, they've already purchased and they, they need an operator. Mm-hmm. So there's a place for people to drop a URL. And I had a look at the, uh, at the domain. I put it in, into Ahrefs and it had very little search traffic, like little to no search traffic. And so, you know, I thought, okay, well, this person isn't particularly serious. This isn't a great isn't a great lead. Uh, so I kind of replied in terms of, you know, like what, what kind of sites are you, are you looking to pick up? Because, uh, you know, I've looked at your site. It doesn't really seem to have much search traffic, you know, just like trying to understand, um, you know, if there is actually, you know, some, some, some value to be, to be created here. And, um, and the guy replies that, his site actually has uh, over a million uh, sessions a month. And um, the model is he, without giving too much away, obviously, the, the business model is that he works with, with large brands and he sells page views to, to an advertorial page on, on a website that he controls. So he sends clicks through to an article that they have, um, that they have written, which then leads through to, to their own website, to their own products. And he does that purely through through paid traffic, primarily from Facebook, and either gets paid on on the number of, of of impressions to that page or a combination of that and clicks through. But this guy has insane traffic to a content website that isn't ranking in Google. So that's uh yeah that, that, that I just wasn't aware that that was even a business model. And and this is a very thrive you know thriving business where a lot of big brands with big budgets are paying a lot of money. Yeah, that's exactly what I mean, man. There's so much more opportunity. Like I love SEO. I'm a content marketer, so of course I love SEO. Uh, but there is so much more opportunity out there if you just think a little bit bigger. Uh, there, there's a content site which most people would not call it a content site, especially in our space, but space.com. And they are about, guess what, outer space. <laughs> they talk about science news, right? Uh, that company got so big that they were able to create their own uh, display ad network, more or less, that paid much higher uh, uh, you know, uh, payouts than, mm-hmm. say, AdSense or so forth. But they were still able to like backlog it through AdSense or whatever. And then they had like uh, uh, several different other content sites that they were all interlinking with each other. And these are huge content sites. There's not... They're not small. They're like millions of traffic uh, visitors per month kind of sites. And I just recently saw that these people that were working so hard on this content site, the on the footer, I, I always like to go down on content sites I actually read uh, to go down to the footer to see who owns them because they'll often show their other web properties. Yep. And I noticed that space.com's footer changed to a different company. So they must have sold that business. Now, that business is a lot harder than just saying buying 50 articles off text broker and ranking <laughs> a you know niche site with PBNs. But the payoff, like, could you imagine how much money space stock donors and space.com made? Uh, and from the same exact principles that so many people uh, in your audience right now are using to build their niche sites, they could build something much, much bigger. 
Yeah, that's incredible. It's interesting. I just scroll down to the bottom of the first room. It's um, Space is part of Future US Inc. and International Media Group. There you go. Yeah, exactly what media. you were saying. <laughs> Visit our corporate site. And I actually, I mean, uh, you know, after this call, I'll actually put that into a Trello list. Like I have a list of these media acquiring companies um, that, that are snapping up sites in different verticals. And so I'll, I'll add this uh, to, to the list that I have. Um, because, yeah, like strategic buyers is uh, is something that, that you can consider when um, when you're building out actual brands. Absolutely, man. And you, your monetization is like through the roof then. Like just, just by building an email list alone, mm-hmm. you open up your ability to monetize your site in ways that you never could before, yeah. uh, specifically to affiliate offers that only allow you to promote them via email because they don't want you competing against the brand. So they'll only let you uh, yeah. promote to your actual email list that you built. So stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, a site that I sold 2017 through through you guys was a, a low six-figure site with very low search traffic, and actually only ten pages in the Google index because the majority oh, wow. of <laughs> the majority of uh, <laughs> revenue came from the email list. So the site was converting, you know, very well. A, a good chunk of email subscribers every month, and it, uh, it was promoting recurring subscription uh, commissions, and it, and it just compounded. Yeah. So space.com has, according to HRS, 5 million organic traffic a month. The Wirecutter has four and probably less when it was sold. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. What was this sold for? Uh, yeah, kind of, yeah. Yeah, it reminds me of um, Mediavine. Those guys, they started with their own large website, um, Hollywood Gossip, I think, and grew that into, um, I think, around a million search visits a month and then realized that they've got these large websites. They may as well grow out their own ad network and, and started from there. So, yeah, like the possibilities I did not know are, that. that that's, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's pretty cool. So, that, that's exactly what I mean right there, mm-hmm, like Mediavine. Yeah. I mean, how many people in our space are loving Mediavine right now? Like Mediavine and AdThrive, like... People are, are, are in love with them, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, a great, I, that's a great example. I'm having a lot of fun with optimizing Mediavine. It's a really cool dashboard. Uh, I'm doing some consultancy on on a uh, six figure site that was actually bought through you guys uh, recently, and um, I've managed to get RPM from about twelve up to above sixteen now, um, which for, to me is insanely high. <laughs> I'm kind of wondering awesome. how how I've only kind of done kind of 50 percent of what i think i can do as well so i'm kind of wondering how high i can get this rpm <laughs> um. <laughs> but uh, my experience so far like at least with marketing with empire flippers I, i've said this analogy a few times uh, as we as we've grown is you know every time i you know the iceberg analogy where like most most of it's hidden underneath the water so you start at the top and as you get closer and closer to the water, that's where you realize the real opportunity lies. Mm-hmm. Like every time I get through like a, a section of the iceberg where I'm thinking I'm getting closer to the ocean uh, to where the real opportunity is, I still realize I'm at the very top of the iceberg. There's still so much more. <laughs> <laughs> and I imagine you're going to have a very similar experience, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I mean, you just you just see different levels. You just see bigger and bigger plays being made. And to be able to build something from scratch or acquire a small property and really scale it into something that, uh, you know, can not only pay off your mortgage, but also, you know, create generational wealth. Yeah, it's amazing, man. Now, you know, people say all the time, uh, whether it's SEO, Facebook ads, drop shipping, affiliate, whatever is like, oh, it's dead because something something happens or they say it's too competitive. You can't like I wish it was back in 2010 or when. I could just rank, you know, pictures of Taylor Swift as like sleeping pills <laughs> with bad back legs or something stupid like that, you know. But while that, while it's true that there is more competition today than ever, and tomorrow there will be even more, uh, the barriers to entries have lowered so much that the actual opportunity, the actual potential of what you can do, I think, has never been better today than it was than it has ever been. Like I, I think those like back in 2010, I think the opportunity was actually worse than it is today, even with the competition, because now there's so much knowledge out there on how to do it that you can really sink your teeth into it. And whether you're just starting out, whether you're a starting out seller or a starting out buyer, there's just so much awesome information out there and so much opportunity that uh, that exists as long as you're willing to kind of take the bull by the horns and go for it. Likewise, with what you're doing, you're, you're director of con- of sorry, what is your title? Director of marketing, director of content marketing. <laughs> director of writing. I yep. used to be the content manager before that. I was yeah. the apprentice. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> now I oversee uh, all of our marketing at Empire Flippers. 
That's cool. So yeah, are, are you can do you have this perspective with with Empire Flippers? Are you looking to to build some kind of like media company offering as part of a, a wider Empire play, or even maybe turn uh, Empire Flippers into media marketplace hybrid? So I see that you've recently launched a book on Amazon building an online empire. Yeah, how does media and your role within Empire Flippers? What does it look over the next few years? Yeah, I, I don't want to reveal too much. I keep <laughs> some secrets for myself, but. Uh, to answer your question, the short answer is yes. <laughs> there, there, I see uh, so much opportunity of what we're doing. And the truth of it is, uh, I think we're the only brand where, uh, you know, other entrepreneurs truly resonate with us. Yeah. Like uh, they get I, I was at a conference in Chiang Mai uh, not too long ago, uh, speaking on stage with a few other people. And one of the other speakers, him and I, you know, saw each other at the escalator or something and we were going down and. He said he was in his in his apartment building. There's this guy in the elevator with him that morning when he was coming to the conference wearing an Empire Flipper shirt. So he thought he worked for me because you know we sponsored the event. And uh, he asked him, "Oh, do you work with Greg?" He's like, "Oh no, I don't know who that is. I uh, sold my site with Empire Flippers years ago, and I've been retired ever since." You know, like, <laughs> nice. What a cool story! Like, oh wow. Uh, uh, so like. I feel a lot of people resonate with our brand more so than any other broker in the industry. They feel a much more emotional connection to us. And one thing I want to accomplish, uh, one of my big visions is I want Empire Flippers to become not just the brand that helps them buy and sell online businesses. Like obviously I want that to be top of mind. That's the most important thing. But I also want them to look at us as someone that is there for them at every step of their entrepreneurial career, whether they're just starting out or they just sold their first site or bought their first site. You know, um, you know, some people when they sell their uh, first site and say it's a, a big, big one, like uh, or relatively big, like a three hundred, four hundred thousand dollar business. For the vast majority of sellers, that's the most money they've ever gotten ever in like one windfall, right? That's a lot of money uh, for them. So sometimes they don't know what to do uh, with that money. So we want to be there to help them, like. Uh, to understand different investment opportunities, not just buying online business, but other things like, hey, you should probably say put some of that into a savings account, like at least 10 percent, get an emergency fund, all that kind of stuff. So we, I really want to become the all in one uh, solution that when an entrepreneur has a problem, the first thing they think of is I'm going to go to the Empire Flipper site because they probably have an answer for me for that problem. Like that's that's what I uh, see as the one of the big pictures of what we can do. And Honestly, uh, I think we can go much more mainstream than we are yeah. right now. I, I got some pretty big plans in the pipeline for that. I mm -hmm. uh, don't want to don't want to <laughs> release them too early though. But we do have some exciting news that'll be coming out uh, here in a few months. Oh, excellent! Yeah, so I just had a look at you guys, Empire Flippers and Hrefs, and uh, and also Flipper, and. Uh, it seems like the uh, the biggest difference, like you're not too far behind in terms of uh, you know number of keywords that you're ranking for, and you guys have had a super strong content strategy for a long time. But it's kind of more the uh, the brand term. So, you know, Empire Flippers, you you've got six and a half thousand according to Ahrefs, you know, searches a month, and then Flipper, it's currently where did this go? Flipper 43, <laughs> 43, 000, yeah, forty three thousand searches a month, Flipper, which shows you the 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 potential. So, I mean, in in theory, you, you know, you could ten x um, your brand searches, there is that opportunity in this industry to, to 10x what you are currently doing. And in terms of, of a brand, Flipper is the only other, you know, like household name and it doesn't have a great trusted reputation because it is pure, mark, you know, pure transactional marketplace. Um, it doesn't have the uh, the brokerage and and the vetting that you guys do. Yeah, it, it's difficult too when you have um, you know not to knock uh, other uh, other people or anything, but it's difficult to build that trust in our industry. I, I think in a lot of ways because you have these like fly by night one person brokers promising sellers the world like oh look at this this is the average uh, sales multiple for a business, uh, uh, but it's not true, right? Because they're they're just scraping listings that they don't even have. Yep. Uh, that might. Be from another broker that also overpromised the seller to get that seller in because yeah. uh, they're not publishing the real sales data. So I like I get why the, there's so little trust in the industry because it, it's a difficult <laughs> one for people to be transparent about, right? Like because if you say something that is good for a seller, uh, a lot of people think that's inherently bad for a buyer. So you know, there's like these two different kind of people you're playing with now uh, with our mindset of course we we don't believe it's a zero-sum game we we think it's a win-win-win like that's what we're always aiming for the buyer walks away thinking i got a great deal sellers walking away man i just changed my life with this income i just got from this business and of course we win by you know 
keeping the lights on and you know paying our people and stuff so <laughs> uh, so, uh yeah like I see so much bigger things. And one of the things that we do with our content strategy outside of just SEO, and like I said, I'm a big fan of SEO, but it's to grow the brand. Like that's my real drive is to grow that brand awareness because while it's great when people come to us, if they're searching for like sell an FBA business, something like that, like obviously their intent is super clear, but when it comes to my real competitors, like what I view Empire Flippers really competing against in the, in the long run, the big vision, my real competitors are investing in the stock market or investing in the real estate. So if I can beat out those two, that's what that's my, my real target to like get past. <laughs> Interesting. Like just kind of generally in terms of those two industries and the players that are investing there, or do you have any uh, like large companies or, or websites or, or, or anything that you could you, that you could mention just out of interest to, to look up? Yeah, no, no like specific targets, uh, mm -hmm. but there are, there are some really great real estate uh, blogs I follow. I'm, I'm a real estate investor myself. Okay. Uh, BiggerPockets.com, they're yeah, yeah. one that I think they, not only do they have excellent advice, but their content marketing is spot on. So I, if you want a little sneak peek at some of what I would like <laughs> to do, you can look at them. They have some cool stuff. Um, but what I mean by it when I say competing with stock market and real estate, I want to make uh, our industry in general uh, go out so mainstream that it enters in the common nomenclature. Like, ah, oh, yeah, you know, uh, I invest a little bit in stocks, invest in real estate, got a couple websites, you know, something yeah. like that. Yeah, I, <laughs> so I, I agree. That, that, that's exactly. That, that's exactly what I want to see. And, and that's, uh, you know, my, some of my content is 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 trying to address that and, and uh, you know, make purchasing websites more more known that that is an option uh yeah i'd, I'd love to see, uh to hear a lot more of that too uh exactly exactly what you just said yeah you know i think a lot of people um especially in those other two investment uh, categories like stocks and uh, real estate they look at our industry and they're like whoa <laughs> this is complicated but the thing is it's really not like yeah there are complicated aspects but when you look at like a commercial real estate deal, I don't know if you've ever looked at that before, uh, but I have my father's a, a realtor. He owns a realtor, a real estate company. Yeah. Uh, so I've looked at those kind of deals and they are extremely complex, like way more complex than, you know, space.com is. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> you know, and they probably made a lot less money than space.com. <laughs> Very interesting. Like uh, my, one of my favorite podcasts is Invest Like a Boss. And uh, uh, yeah, Johnny FD. Yeah. And uh, like I just saw that um, uh, the Justin, like I've listened to every single episode. I got in there really early, right, just as they were starting, uh, which is great. Had uh, has uh, Justin been on? I saw a link to an episode. Uh, if he has, I must have listened to it back in the day. It would have been a couple of years ago. Yeah, I think so. I think he yeah. might have been on there before even I came on board with EF, if I yeah. remember right. Yeah, it so was a while ago, but um. But uh, yeah, so their, their most recent uh, episode was a real estate guy. Uh, he was talking about how they focus on, um, they act like uh, a private equity company and they also do all, all of the operations as well. It's, uh, apparently it's a very unique model. And there's four different types of um, uh, of niches, if you will, within real estate. You've got the retail, you've got commercial, um, you have the industrial and crap, what's the fourth one? Oh, that's a great one. <laughs> what's the, what's, what is what, what were the fourth one? Websites. You got, <laughs> web, websites, exactly. You got <laughs> you got retail. You got you got commercial, which is the offices. You got industrial. I think I think it was multi. I think it must be. I, I can it must see be that. Like, you, like the big forty, yeah. you know, sixty yeah, yeah. plexes. And yeah, so that forth. was it. Yeah, yeah. And he was saying the only ones that they do are industrial and multifamily. What was really interesting to me was actually commercial. the The cost of replacing a lease is so is so high. Um, oh man <laughs> yeah because i because I, I, i've considered like like I, I my my i've got a uk company and um the tax situation is nowhere near as bad as it is in the states but i, I still feel like I, i'm getting screwed like I, I pay tax on profit and then i pay tax on on dividends which means you know if i want to actually take the money uh myself <laughs> uh, i have to pay tax twice so i'm now thinking of like ways of of building up, you know, reserves post tax cash in, in the company and then like what to do with it. And so it, it makes sense to, to buy assets and, you know, I'd like to have my own office and not have to pay for it. So I got kind of thinking like that, but, uh, <laughs> but for, the more I hear, the more going into like commercial real estate, looking like it's, it's not the smart play in terms of 
other investments in terms of uh, of property and and other assets so it's kind of kind of interesting and and, and again i have no idea what i'm doing like I get, I get, I get websites. I don't get commercial real estate, but I, I, I don't want to pay uh, personal tax on on getting the money out. So I've got to figure out what to do with uh, with retained profit. Yeah, that, that's a sticky situation, and it's so different based off where where you are and you know what your you know business setup situation is. I we get those questions all the time. Like, what's the best way to sell a business with taxes? Like. I don't know. <laughs> you are going to need to talk to someone <laughs> that knows your local laws and regulations because uh, I have no idea, man. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but yeah, like uh, with real estate and stocks, like uh, you know, th- those are solid investments that can be solid or they can be terrible too. Just like investing in websites, you got to be careful. But they tend to be much more slow burn too. Um, like for example, multifamily homes. From from what I understand. Those are great profit flow, uh, profit cash flows, uh, and usually you don't really buy based off appreciation because they don't really necessarily appreciate, from what I understand, or at least not as heavily as say like retail can, mm-hmm. which is where you get that like flipping arbitrage and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but with websites, like, like so the, the way I look at it is with stocks, you control almost nothing of the investment, right? You are basically giving money to have faith that this company does a good job, and that's. That's basically the the skill set that you, that you have. Like, of course, it, it, that's uh, a, a wild oversimplification, but uh, that that's like what people do with their phone. K, right? Very few people are actually looking at the money they're uh, investing in. They usually have some kind of uh, you know uh, fund or something like that that's investing in various companies. Yeah. Uh, with real estate, you got more control. Uh, so you own the house, or you know, if you bought a, a residential, you like, but you still have to fix the roof, fix the furnace, which are not cheap costs, right? They can be multiple tens of thousands of dollars depending on the property and the damage or you know what you have to fix. You have tenants who are ripping up your carpet or doing all that kind of stuff. Uh, so you, you say like in America, you invested $100,000 USD, you wanted to have control of your investment and you look at real estate, you buy a $100,000 house and then when you get all of your expenses out of the way, you're more or less looking at making $300 uh, $500 a month, right? Uh, now, your cash-on-cash cash return versus a website might be a little bit better with real estate because you probably put twenty grand down on that $100,000 house uh, instead mm-hmm. of like buying it outright for a website outright for hundred grand. But if you take that same hundred grand uh, and get rid of the cash-on-cash cash return at just the you know profit you can make, the $100,000 that you buy on an affiliate site, you're going to be making between four to five thousand dollars net per month which is several properties at the hundred thousand dollar level and you have no roof to worry about you have no furnace to worry about (laughs) you don't have any tenants not paying you on time because as long as google's algorithm is keep uh keep going you're you know, quote unquote tenants are going to keep visiting your site and buying uh, stuff and you never even need to communicate with them. And you control every single aspect of that, even if Google's uh, update does change and like, you know, could could screw over your site. Most of the time when your site does take a hit, you can still control that by learning the penalty and how to reverse it. You do all sorts of interesting things that you just can't really do with any other investment. Yeah. And uh, as long as the uh the site doesn't completely tank, you know, within two and a half years, you've got all of your capital returned anyway. Right. Uh, you know, <laughs> that's that's funny you mentioned that. So I, uh, when we were selling much smaller sites and this years and years ago, when we were selling like two five thousand uh, dollar kind of style sites, I was talking to this guy and he had bought back then when we were selling such uh, tiny sites. And uh, he bought like eight of them, I think. And he, he was like, yeah, they pretty much all tanked on me. Like, oh, so you must be pretty unhappy. He's like, no, I'm thrilled. Like, what? what? <laughs> Why are you thrilled? He's like, because I'm I'm still outpacing what I would have gotten with my stocks and real estate returns by like a pretty healthy margin. Like, yeah, they tanked. They fell by 80%. But I'm still making an insane ROI off of this. <laughs> like, much better than my other investments. Like, obviously, this guy wasn't an internet marketer. If it was an internet <laughs> marketer guy looking at this, like, this is, you know this is terrible, but he's just an investor guy. He's like, this is awesome. <laughs> like, like, he has all sorts of investments all over the place. And he loved it. So. That's great. Well, as a, as a website operator, obviously you, you never want anything bad to happen, but right, uh, yeah. if something does, that's the kind of investor you want to have partnered up with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. He's still very happy with this purchase. It was great. It's just, it's one of those things as a different perspective, you know, like uh, I've had uh, sellers uh, with PBNs, for example, say like, why would a buyer ever 
buy a PVN site. It doesn't make any sense. Like I use PVNs, but I would never buy a PVN site. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is it could be very, uh, you know, like varied. So like a, a savvy buyer who knows it's a PVN, he knows that you think it's a bad idea for him to buy the PVN. So he's going to negotiate you down harder. And since you think that, he's probably <laughs> going to get a lower price. And he doesn't necessarily care if the site fails a little bit because wow. he already knows the investment is going to be worth it. The the cash on cash return is just so crazy. And uh, we have these guys who they buy PVN size over and over again from like the same buyers. So we know like they're they're plenty happy with it. And <laughs> a lot of times they'll end up learning SEO and slowly replace the PVNs with white hat links anyway. So yeah. and they got a great deal because that seller's like, I think this is a bad thing I'm selling. And the buyer's <laughs> like, me too. Let's, let's do it. <laughs> well, that's, that's some Jedi stuff there. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> one of the mind tricks buyers have. Uh, I, I love I love that stuff because like the sellers are like, man, who are these buyers? And the buyers are like, who are these sellers? <laughs> it's, it's just so funny. <laughs> That's cool. That's awesome. Um, yeah, nice one, man. Anything else to add in terms of the, the report that you want to mention? Uh, not necessarily anything off the top of my head. Um, I, I think, it, you know, there, there's a lot of data in it. Uh, it's, you know, over 19,000 words long. Um, one thing that we want to do with it is to make it even better. So if your listeners check it out, if they have anything they think that next year should feature, we already have some ideas on the docket. We weren't able to do it this time just because, uh, it was a big task pulling together all this data and writing it up. So, uh, we send it out as as this way, but next year we already have some new features and new things that we want to do for it, and we'll have three years of data next year. So that's going to be awesome. So we're going to continue the year over year trends that we see. Uh, but yeah, if your audience uh, loves the report, uh, I would love it if they shared it with their peers, obviously. Uh, but also feel free to shoot, drop drop me an email with your with your thoughts on it, which you can email me just at greg at empireflippers.com. All right, awesome. Yeah, that's uh, the report, empireflippers.com slash industry report. And uh, Greg, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for helping to moderate the Facebook group. Yeah, uh, thank you for having me, man. I, <laughs> I love that group. I'm somewhat jealous because I've always wanted to start my own Facebook group, but we just couldn't ever like pull it off because uh, we didn't know how to do it uh, like correctly. I, I think I talked to you about that yeah. problem. Like, but uh, but yeah, I'm glad someone's doing it, and uh, I enjoy hanging out and seeing the conversation in there. And thank you so much for letting me come onto your podcast. Awesome, thanks, Ray. Cheers, buddy. All right, see you, man. Hey guys, hope you enjoyed that episode. I certainly enjoyed that chat with Greg. The URL for the show notes is at flippingwebsites.co/state-off-the-industry. I probably could have come up with a catchier URL. If I do, you'll uh, see a three-one redirect to it. But uh, episode 29 with Greg, signing off. Speak to you soon, guys. We're going to drop a couple of episodes, further episodes this week. So uh, look out for more content soon. Cheers. (laughs) 